What's up, chumps? Welcome back to the Fantasy Chumps podcast. It is post-draft, a little bit later, but we've uh, we've had a lot going on. It's been a busy week. John's wrapping up his last semester at school. Good for him. And I think, I think he has his last final tomorrow or maybe early. That's what I thought week. he said, yeah. Yeah, something like that. So it makes sense why he's not joining us, but... Um, Joining me is my other co-host, Nate. How are you doing today? How do you do? I'm doing well. Good. Happy I see. To be on. I see you have my wild losing to your to the blues probably in the background. So uh, yeah, can't wait for that. Um, yeah. So we're here to talk about the draft again because it was awesome. Personally, Nate, how how much did you love it? Because that was probably my favorite draft I've ever watched. The first round, anyway. That was the most that I've, I think, been interested in draft leading up to it. Um, That could be because the Chiefs had so much draft capital and, like, kind of so much at stake for this draft, Um, kind of being what people are calling, like, part two of the Mahomes era and whatnot. But it just seemed – I don't know. It was was honestly must-watch television, I thought. I had – I enjoyed it so much. It was better than – Better than any NBA playoff game I've watched this year. Like it was, it was thrilling, <laughs> honestly. See, I can't and the Grizzlies were up by fifty-five at one point. You know what? I honestly, I got to shout out all the teams in the first round too that were that were making picks really snappy. I've oh, watched yeah. drafts before, and they they take like the full five minutes plus. You're dude, up the, there for like three and a half hours watching. So, dude, the Lions um, apparently got in trouble by the league because they turned in their pick too quickly for Aiden Hutchinson. Oh, really? And, yeah, they like immediately like put it in, and they, apparently the league got mad at them for not taking their time. I was wondering about that because that's like a huge produ- production for them, and it's like oh, ESPN's yeah. covering it, and like they got to get their Mel Kiper time on there and yeah. do all of their promotions and stuff. So. That's kind of a funny dynamic. That's no, they hilarious, though. They definitely say, like, hey, wait at least the first five minutes before you turn in your pick. Um, that's definitely how it works, I think. Um, but, yeah, we'll just kind of launch right into it. Uh, obviously, there's a ton going on. There's eight trades in the first round. Eight trades. Which, if you're not good at math, that's 25% of the picks <laughs> involved in a trade. <laughs> uh, Is that, like, unprecedented? It has. I honestly didn't look it up, but but I will now. But it seemed really cool. Yeah, it was. But and the first trade didn't come until like a little bit later on, right? I mean, I, I thought that it was kind of just like one through ten. Everybody kind of stayed put. Was what I remembered. It's been a little while now, but it seemed like there were, weren't any major moves up until like the twelve to fifteen range. I can't remember for sure though. Um, breaking news, Nate. Yes. This isn't really super breaking, so I'm not going to make a big deal of it, or I would have, like, you know, audibly gasped. Adam Schefter tweeted out, the Chiefs are the first team in NFL history to start the season with eight straight games against teams that had a winning record in the previous season. Hey. Hey. Okay. Oh, joy. Oh, joy. Back to the... Uh, podcast so the question of the pod just because it's nate and i and nate put this in one of our group texts earlier 
Nate, why do you think the Lions are making the playoffs? All right, this is kind of a bold take, and it was actually a co-worker that said it first, and I kind of wanted to chastise him by sending that in the group text. But I then looked at the Lions' schedule and kind of looked at some of what the other NFC schedules were looking like. And it's a bold take. I'm not going to say that it's like 100% going to happen. I don't think it's there. I'm like 60% like under the belief that the Lions could make the playoffs. Um, just looking at their schedule, I kind of looked at it in like groups of four games. Um, and it seemed like it was like the first, like two or three sets of four games that they had, I think they could split all of those. So I think they could realistically get to like week 14 around a 500 schedule or just below. And that's kind of just like, you know, they win the games, they have a good chance of being competitive in losing the games that they're outmatched in. And then we get into like the last, I guess it's their last four games where they have the jets, the Panthers, the bears and the Packers where they have an opportunity to really go three and one in that stretch. Meaning that if they kind of do what I'm just really quickly projecting them to do, like a nine and eight, 10 and seven seasons, not out of question. No, honestly. And I'm like, which is kind of crazy. I mean, they play the Packers twice, obviously, and they play the Bills. So I I think I had them, I think, yeah, I think I had them losing to the Vikings twice, the Packers twice, the Bills, and like the Cowboys or something. Mm Mm-hmm. Maybe even hmm. the Eagles. So, like, worst case scenario, I really thought that they could do like go like eight and nine. And I'm I'm a little more. This is assuming a lot that I think like the the Lions have improved a lot since last year. I thought they had a really good draft. Um, I don't think I'm glad that they did not go with a quarterback or anything. I really think Jared Goff is like he's, fine. he's not gonna he's not gonna lose games for you. I don't think, especially with what other problems the Lions have. I no, just think that bad. no, he's really not bad. I think I think he's going to keep him in games, maybe even win him a few. But I, it, it is kind of a bold take, and I also wanted to kind of gas up one of our uh, our good friends and good, great listeners of the show, Josh. Um, he's a huge Lions fan, so I knew he might like that. But <laughs> as as he said, once I texted him, um, I'm I'm fully drinking from the Kool Aid now. Well, I tell you what, I honestly, so I have a hot take that I was going to talk about real quick, just because you brought up that. I think the Minnesota Vikings are winning that division. And I, don't, I honestly don't think it's going to be close. What What do you think they go division and then overall record? What do you think they go? Like five and one in division. Losing to the Packers once? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and then, like, they play the, uh, I mean, they don't play anybody tough. Like, even week eight, they play against the Cardinals at home. I think they could win that game. They play the Bills because they play the NFC East. I think they lose the Bills, but they probably go three and one and the rest of that. So even that alone, you're looking at seven and two just off the division and against the AFC East. Then they also play the, NFC East, which is the Cowboys, Commanders, uh, you know them. I, let's just say they go three and one there, so that's like ten and three, without even like really mm-hmm. thinking about it. 
and then so like let's just say a couple of those are off right i mean <laughs> i mean i i don't know i i just nobody on their schedule scares me at all so the vikings were eight and nine last year missed the playoffs mm-hmm. What what were the big moves that the Vikings made this offseason to make you think that they're now NFC North title contenders? Do you want me to be honest? Mm-hmm. I don't I don't think it's anything in particular that they did. I think it's uh, more of what everybody else did. Obviously, what happened around them? Yeah, like the Packers got significantly worse, in my opinion. I mean, maybe not significantly. They got worse. Right, the NFC is a joke. Every team in that, besides the Bucks and the 49ers, kind of the Cardinals and the Rams, like everybody else is not very good, in my opinion. Like, you can, it's so, it's so night and day. And I don't know, I really like the draft. They have Lewis C and Andrew Booth as the top two guys, really showing up at secondary, which wasn't good. And then with their new coach, which was the offensive coordinator for the Rams. Mike Zimmer will be out. They won't be able to run first team anymore. So they'll probably be more balanced. I don't want to say they'll be pass happy with Kirk Cousins, but like, I don't know. I think they have, they have the best weapons in the league. So that is, they definitely, they've got to be like a top three team in terms of just talent on offense. I mean, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, Dalton Cook, like your top three weapons, like that. Yeah. Like that is that is pretty good. I'm always it's always going to come down. I feel like quarterback has so much more pull though. And yeah. I'm not saying I don't think Kirk Cousins is a bad quarterback, but this also like goes back into like I guess how I would push back against Vikings to win. Sure. And I think Packers are going to win NFC North. I think the on paper it looks like the Vikings have the pieces to do it, but I just don't and maybe it was more of like a Mike Zimmer issue yeah. and like the coaching staff that was there before, but it they wouldn't, they could not win games that they had every chance to win in and every reason to win. And this also came into like some, somewhat of a betting strategy for me was if they were heavily favored or they were up against a team that they had no business losing to, it was a trap game and they were going to lose. <laughs> but if there was a team where they really had no business winning, um, they were going to pull it out. And so I, I don't know. I just think it, it'll be different with the new coaching staff, but I still am pretty confident that the Packers are going to win. Well, falling we, more on their run game. We should uh, we should make division predictions before the season starts. That'd be fun and just oh, kind yeah. of tally it up we'll to do see that. who wins. That'd be fun. Uh, we'll do that soon. Okay. Um, so getting into the news. Quick, quick 10 seconds. Mike Davis did get signed by the Ravens. I put this on here just because it's such a crowded backfield, right? You have J.K. Dobbins, you have Gus Edwards, Mike Davis. I mean, I know nobody's scared about Mike Davis, but like I was just looking at from J.K. Dobbins. Does that make it cool on him a little bit for fantasy? With uh, Gus Edwards being there and Justice Hill being there? Did they not draft? A running back too. I think they might have. Let me check. Wait, I thought they drafted that the Mizzou running back. Yeah, they did in the sixth round. So Tyler Batty. Oh, okay. 
Which they're not yeah. going to cut him, so you yeah. have him still. Oh, it's it's without a doubt like the messiest running back room. I I think right now I would I would say them and the Dolphins are probably the best. Oh, and the 49ers. Dolphins makes me. 49ers, yeah, that's true. Correct. Dolphins and 49ers, though, it's like those are two backfields where, like, honestly, like, I see a lot of good options there. It's like there's nothing in Baltimore that excites me. It's just a lot of pieces that are like J.K. Dobbins is probably like a a B, B plus. Yeah. And just, yeah, but it's a Lamar Jackson, and it's weird now. It it doesn't seem like um, with them trading Hollywood Brown, there's nobody on the outside. We, we can. I, I don't know what they're gonna do. We can. Uh, we'll get into that later in the off season. We have plenty of summer to talk about that. Next big news: DeAndre Hopkins suspended first six games, if I'm remembering correctly. Nate, is he is he draftable in your books? Cool. I don't know. That's that's really hard. I didn't want you to ask me this question. I'm sorry. I, I, go I, <laughs> I really do not know right now. Um, he's got to be draftable, but, I mean, I don't know if you could draft him in the top. I, I don't think I could draft him in my first eight rounds. See, that that's, that's what I'm kind of – when I've said I don't think, like, he's not draftable in my books, I've been saying that because he's going to go before that eighth round. Right, that we'd be good with, and so that's one of the things I'm kind of trying to avoid. Is I know he will get drafted before then. I just don't want to pay that price. Mm-hmm. So that's why he's like quote unquote undraftable. But I, yeah. yeah, I feel like this has happened recently too with somebody that we knew was going to be out for a little bit of time, but it, it does always end up working out where they go a little, little bit earlier than what you determine is like your comfort area. It, it was Michael Thomas. I think, exactly. Last Thomas, year. Yeah. And it was, that's, that's who I was thinking of. Yeah. And, but yeah, there's always somebody in your redraft or something that will feel like they have enough depth or whatever, where they can take a risk on like mm-hmm. taking a Deandre Hopkins and waiting it out that long. But Dang, I don't know. That's it's really too it, bad. It'll be interesting. Um, obviously, we talked about the, the trades. AJ Brown to the Eagles. I mean, on draft night, I was definitely not expecting that. But there, the, the writing was kind of on the wall. Uh, I think we talked about this potentially a little bit. But does this move you him up or down for you? Because it moves him up for me. This moves you up for him just being yeah. away from Derrick Henry now. I like I'd be totally comfortable with AJ Brown being my wide receiver one. Hmm. I, I, let's see this moved him. About. This moved him down for me for sure. Moved him down. Interesting. Yeah, definitely. Why? I um. I just think he goes into a more saturated like wide receiver room. I think he's still obviously wide receiver one in Philly, but I just think there's more there's more mouths to feed. I don't trust Jalen Hurts as much. I think he's a great fantasy quarterback, but I don't love him as like a franchise QB like traditional pass the ball and get get it to your wide receivers. One go, could, go on. One could argue that he looks so bad because his receivers did not get open last year. 
Because if you think about it, all he had was Devontae Smith. We, we, everybody knows how I feel about him. He's not bad, but, like, he's limited. Jalen Rager, who's a bust, and Dallas Goddard, essentially. But, you know, A.J. Brown's good. And now that he's going to more a more balanced offense, like, A.J. Brown, how, how many targets do you think he averaged last year? I, I don't know. Well, he was out for quite a while, wasn't he? Yeah, he was hurt a lot, but – he uh, gosh, where targets per game. You're saying? Yeah. So he he's he had he over his career and five targets last year. On how many games was that? So he only missed three games. Okay. So uh, hmm. I think he could get like 130 targets next year. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's it's definitely. I think you're shifting to a more heavy offense. Yeah. from Tennessee. I mean, Tennessee, certainly it is, everything goes through Derrick Henry. I think that was our concerns a little bit with drafting AJ Brown and Julio last year. Right. Um, but I don't know. I, he's, it's gotta go down for me still. I Interesting. Think. I think okay. I trust Ryan Tannehill, Tannehill quite a bit more than Jalen Hurts. I think those theories can both be true. True. Jalen Hurts is not a good quarterback at getting the ball to his receiver and, but it also – he may have had a terrible talent there last year. That's fair. Um, so, it, it'll be interesting, though. Like, absolutely wild trade. I almost fell out of my chair when that happened. Well, another trade that happened was Hollywood Brown to the Cardinals. And that was clearly planned out before because there's a picture, like, right after Hollywood at the draft party in Arizona. That was a stupidest yeah. trade for Arizona I've ever seen. Anyway, besides oh, – do, do you have the trade pulled up? For like what what was offered, what was exchanged? Yeah, uh, it was a uh, Hollywood Brown got traded to the Cardinals for their first and third, I believe. Or no, they got a third back. The Ravens got a f- the first and third. No, the Ravens just got a first, I think. Oh, okay. I should probably should have looked this up. Um, but I mean, crazy. But it, it makes you wonder too. Like, did, I mean, did Arizona know that D Hop was getting suspended when they were making this move as well? I had to. Yeah. Um, so, super why interesting. You, why would you get out? Why'd you give up this? And then, you know, it's it doesn't make any sense. But yeah, so I still can't find it because here we go. Uh, so the Cardinals got Brown in the third round. So pick a hundred for pick twenty three. So, yeah. I mean, it, I, I don't get it. I, I, I don't know. I honestly kind of hate it because they have to pay him. From a non-fantasy perspective, they have to pay him pretty soon. Mm-hmm. Or they have to pick up his fifth-year option if they haven't already. But anyway, it's. do you, do you like it for fantasy? I mean, it's kind of good now that we know that D-Hop's out. Uh, I don't know if it really – what it does for me as far as Marquise Brown fantasy wise, I've never mm-hmm. been very high on him to begin with. And that may have been just because he was in um, Baltimore's wide receiver room. I yeah. think this absolutely takes Mark Andrews to like tight end two for me next year. Um, I think he is the biggest benefiter benefactor. I'm yeah. Gonna, he benefits the most from this move, but um, yeah, I don't know. It was kind of funny. We were texting some 
I was texting some college friends uh, when that happened. One of my good friends is from Arizona. He's a huge Cardinals fan. He was freaking out. He was like, Brown, Brown to AZ, Brown to AZ. And then I think it, it was either right before or right after the AJ Brown trade. We were like, uh, you got the wrong Brown. <laughs> yeah. It was crazy. Well, breaking news today, Jared Judy got arrested. Hashtag go Chiefs. But just like we don't know really anything, but just something to keep monitor, keep an eye on for the future. It's probably not looking good. But should we just hop right into the uh, winners and losers from the draft? Or maybe, yeah. not, maybe not winners and losers, the right word, like landing spots. Yeah, landing spots and, and future fantasy implications. Sure. Um, so we're going to start with quarterbacks. This will probably take five minutes. <laughs> um, can you take it to the Steelers? Nate, when does he start? Ooh, um, is it possible he starts day one, in your opinion? No. Okay. Well, um, is it possible? Let me rephrase that. Yes. Any, will, the, possible. will the Steelers want him to? No. That's my See, I so I think he was I, – I, from what I've listened to, it sounded like Kenny Pickett was picked first round. And when was the next quarterback taken? It wasn't the, until like – The third. The third, right. And it was because Kenny Pickett was the safest, like, off-the-field personality, like, best teammate probably. Maybe didn't have the highest ceiling, yeah. but had, like, the highest floor. And a lot of people were saying he was the most ready to start day one, mm-hmm. um, as opposed to Malik Willis and Desmond Ritter. Um, so that makes me think that they haven't, like, ruled that out yet. And they've been around him for so long being – being that Kenny played in Pittsburgh as well. Um, but they do have uh, – it's Trubisky, right, up there? Mm-hmm. I, I could see I could see it being about uh, – realistically, I would put it at six games, over under like six and a half games. Trubisky plays and then Kenny Pickett can come in. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I – yeah, he's kind of like the safe guy. We all know. My question, just a <laughs> yes or no, could the Steelers have drafted him with their second round pick? Because they drafted George Pickens, right? Same spot, 20 picks in the second round. Do you think a team would have drafted or traded up for Kenny Pickett if the Steelers did not? Obviously, we don't have an answer, but just like a just a gut reaction, like yes or no. Well, that's interesting. I would say probably he would be gone. I think he would have been gone before the second round. I think there were a lot of teams in the quarterback market. Uh And it makes me think with how far Malik Willis fell, Malik Willis and Desmond Ritter, how far they fell in between there was that everybody was kind of on the same page of their belief on just the gap between Kenny Pickett and those other guys, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. So like, I think like, Carolina, you can think about them. There's like Atlanta, everybody that was in the quarterback market. Um, I think that, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I think as soon as Kenny Pickett got taken, they were like, you know what? He was our guy. If we were going to get him there, like we have other needs to fill now. Um, let's mm-hmm. move on. If somebody can fall in our laps down in the third and fourth round, we'll take him then. 
No, so I, I, I truly think somebody would have been willing to move up to get him. Hey, I don't not blame you at all. Um, but it does look a little like fishy, doesn't it? When not another quarterback's taken for like three or four rounds. I know it's really interesting. Yeah. Well, okay, quickly. Where would he go in a dynasty draft for you? Like, how, how would you want him in dynasty? Just yes or no. <laughs> yeah, I think I would want him in dynasty. Okay. I think I would like him just because um, I really like Pittsburgh's current wide receiver room. Yeah. I really like their offense as far as talent position goes. Okay. Um, like, I like Najee, Claypool, Deontay, and – um, George Pickens now, like, I think those are really good options. Um, I don't know. I would probably say probably maybe like a mid second round pick mm-hmm. it just kind of depends if you like anybody else there. I mean, if you really like a wide receiver, I would probably swing on that. Um, just because fantasy or dynasty quarterbacks aren't super important, but, um, yeah, he, he could be a pretty safe guy. I think. No, I agree. Well, okay, just we don't need to spend a ton of time on him, but Malik Willis, I honestly think I was actually about to pull it up, but I think the Titans can get out of Tano's contract if he doesn't play good next year. Let me double check. I thought I heard that somewhere because he got like the Brinks truck for a contract. Let's really? See. When they signed him? Yeah, Tannehill did. Um, so if they cut him after this next season they would all they would save about 27 million dollars by cutting him and so that there would be like an 18 million like dead cap which is still not great but I, I there's a chance that okay at least my maybe not next year but definitely the year after that 2024 i think the lake start starting quarterback if so you did if Tannehill okay playing good do you think do you think Malik Willis could be the starter before year end, twenty twenty two? No, Ryan Tannehill has played so bad. You don't think it's like fresh, fresh on their minds? Tannehill throwing three picks in the playoffs. Hey, there's a reason they traded up for him. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> that's a, yeah. I mean, that's yeah. You're right there. But we'll see. Something to monitor. He won't go drafted probably in dynasty. I would have to assume, but. He does just keep an eye out for it. Um, what I gotta ask you, what uh, what's your opinion on Tannehill's comments on being a mentor to Malik Willis? It's not really like any, it's not really football related. It's just kind of like us football fans think is right and wrong. What did what did you think? I mean, I think so. When Alex Smith mentored Mahomes, that was like viewed as like. Oh, this, he's such a good guy. He's so selfless, which he is, right? Um, I don't. Th- I think what Tannehill was saying is like he'll like, you know, he he'd be a good guy. You know, like he's gonna be nice. Like if he has a question, he'll probably answer it. He probably just he'll probably help him out. He's just not gonna go out of his way to do it. You know, mm-hmm. like if Malik Willis throws an interception in practice, you know, he might be like, okay, you know should look off and then throw it or something but he's not gonna be like hey you want to hang out in the film room 20 minutes after practice and go over because I, I think alex smith did that type of stuff he took Mahomes under his wing i don't think many quarterbacks would do that so i don't think it's a big deal but 
Yeah, I, I don't. It's getting overblown. It is getting so overblown. I always think it's fun to listen to that, especially on like mainstream news media. I think they talk about it a lot. And They're bored. I, I really don't have an opinion on it. I see both sides of it. It's like with the Alex Smith and Mahomes thing. It's like when you hear Alex Smith does that, it kind of makes you like proud mm-hmm. a little bit. It's like, oh man, like he, he knew. Uh, yeah, he's so selfless. Like that's so like honorable and stuff. But when like Tannehill's like, yeah, I mean, like, I'll be nice to him and, like, he's going to be my backup, but it's not my job to, like, train him to take my position. I mean, I mean yeah. Like, I totally get it. It's no, like, I mean, my question is, like, if if they brought in somebody at my job and they're like, hey, you know, this guy's eventually going to take your position, you know, it's different because in a job you're going to think about getting promoted, right? But in Ryan Tannehill's uh-huh. case, he's, he would get fired. So right, if, right. Some, if your boss I, said, hey, can you help train this guy? By the way, we might fire you if you don't do good while you're training this guy. Nobody would agree yeah. to that. So that's kind of how I view it. Yeah, I just I feel like I don't know. I was kind of taken back by what Tannehill said at first. But like now thinking about it, it definitely needs to be said more. <laughs> like I, I mean, think yeah. more people need to get that through their heads of like what they're do- dealing with as well. I mean, when so. yeah, when you when somebody's new at a company, you know, you help them out, you know, because you're working for the same cause. But if he has a chance to take your job, you're not like going out of your way to do a ton. But anyway, right. um, should we take a break or should we go to the running backs? Name? I think we can go through the running backs pretty quick. Okay. Brees Hall to the Jets. The Jets just wanted the top position, the top guy in every position, it seemed like this draft. Uh, do you like playing spot? Because uh, I like, I, I really don't. <laughs> no, I, I think we've talked about this recently too. No, I really don't like it um, because I was pretty high on Michael Carter. Um, I really liked what I saw from him last year as well. Yeah. Um, so it it is unfortunate because I think Brees Hall is going to definitely take over for what Michael Carter was doing, but then Michael Carter is going to kind of, I don't know, steal some carries away from him. You're totally from Breeze, right. so kind of stinks, but um, I do like Breeze Hall a lot. Yeah, makes sense. Uh, I like him. It, it's tough because I feel like if there wasn't a positional value, he would not go one in the NFL drafts, but or in, sorry, like dynasty drafts for rookies. But for the upcoming year, Nate, what running back do you think is going to go off the board? I'm thinking like. 20 to 25 he's going to be drafted you think Brees hall be rb 20 to 25 no like like in pre-draft process like going through drafts like i think he'll be the 20th to 25th selected i have no idea where he'll finish because he's on the jets (laughs) okay okay in pre-draft yeah sorry that didn't make sense i think he could go a little bit higher than that i i think there's a lot of messy um, running back rooms this year. I think there's like there's so many that have, um, you know, two or three guys at least that are going to be contending for carries and yeah. field time. Um, and those teams they didn't even spend a second round pick, right? He was second rounder, second yeah. rounder. Um, didn't spend a second round pick on it. So I think using that kind of draft capital to draft a running back is going to get him. It's going to buy him some some 
minutes, as you could say. So I think 20 is probably the safest. Um, mm. I would say maybe like 16 to 20. Yeah. I'd be okay there. No, that makes sense. Um, On the other hand, though, uh, Kenneth Walker, our, our next running back, what do you, what are your, uh, do you share some optimism for Kenneth Walker like I do? Uh, so. I don't want to spend too much time on it because, okay, for basically for this upcoming year, I don't know what Kenneth Walker is going to do. They still have Chris Carson or Rashad Penny, and they drafted Kenneth Walker. So if you want to take a shot on him later in the drafts, go for it for redraft purposes. For Dynasty, though, I love Kenneth Walker, right? I talked to you about this a few nights ago because Chris Carson and Rashad Penny both most likely are going to be gone. It's just going to be him after this year so. While he might be under Vince this year, I, I love the optimism moving forward because they're going to have a new quarterback most likely, and like they're going to improve the offensive line too. And they'll still have DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett on the outside. That's going to be a, a good offense if they can get a good quarterback in there. Sorry, Mr. fans. No, no, no. Wait, what'd you say? I said sorry, Mizzou fans, because of Drew, oh. Drew Locks up there. <laughs> but... Uh, do you like him? Yes, I love Kenneth Walker. I liked Kenneth Walker a lot coming out of college. Um, from what little college football I did watch, I was really impressed by what I saw from him. Um, but I do. I think this is a much better landing spot. I, I what did you, did you mention? Chris Carson's contract situation is it up after this year? Yes, or is it, it is. something where okay so. It seems from what I've heard and read that they're likely going to move on from him. Mm-hmm. And I don't think they're seeing Rashad Penny as their long-term guy. So definitely, definitely yeah, for redraft, I love it. For one of my re- – not redraft, excuse me, for dynasty, love it. In one of my dynasty leagues, I've got the second overall pick, which it looks like that's where Kenneth Walker is going to fall. Um, it's either Kenneth or, or Brees Hall. So Yeah, so – Loving those guys there. I would absolutely love that. Um, Last guy I want to touch on is, I don't know. Oh, he he didn't go to the, uh, this is Damian Pierce, the running back for the Texans. So he got drafted, I think in the early fourth or late third. I can't remember, but I think it's the fourth. Historically, it doesn't work out very well, but I feel like running backs have been getting pushed back. Um. Rex Burkhead and Marlon Mack are there this year. After this year, though, they're gone. So, what do you th- do? You know anything about him, or should I just give my spiel? Of kind of- I don't know anything about him, honestly. If you have anything about his, because like profile he, went, or anything. he went to Florida, he was like a good overall running back. I mean, with the opportunities, I because again, it's kind of the same situation as the Seahawks, right? He might be the guy next year. They're going to have a better quarterback probably better receiver, et cetera. So it's just something to look out for, I think. When when was he selected by the Texans? In the fourth. I didn't look that up. In the fourth. Yeah. All right. So was he the was he the probably like the fourth or fifth running back taken? I don't I know. I'm wasn't not Spiller lie. in there as well? Spiller was in there. There's James Cook. I forgot to put him from yeah, the Yeah, James Cook for the Bills. That's actually kind of a big pick. We should. I probably should have wrote him down, but we let's move on to him because he's more interesting. <laughs> I, think, I did not know that he was Dalvin Cook's brother. Oh, yeah. Dude, I think he's going to be the 
easily the number one rookie running back this year. Like really? long term, I don't know if it's the best outlook, but yeah, because like the Bills have been telling you they're they're trying to get better at running back. Like they drafted Zach Moss after they drafted Devin Singletary. They tried to sign what's his face from the uh, the Commanders. Oh, he's the PPR machine. Oh, uh, JD McKissick. Yeah, they tried to sign him. He ends up going back, and then they draft James Cook. Like it's it's not they're not hiding anything. They don't like. It's not that they don't like Devin Singletary, but they think they can get more. Mm-hmm. I really like him. Honestly, James Cook, I'm a big fan. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think between oh, between Damian Pierce, I, I, that's kind of an interesting one to me. Between Damian Pierce and James Cook, um, I don't know. I kind of like the Pierce situation a lot. I just think it's a lot easier to rise – to RB1 and Heat. Not that, like, I don't think James Cook can in Buffalo, but you also have Josh Allen's rushing ability to contend with. Um, But you're on a much more explosive offense, better offensive line. Um, So you may have more quality opportunities um, at big plays and uh, meaningful opportunities. So that's kind of interesting. Yeah, I thought so. Because right now in Dynasty, he's going like end of first, beginning of second round for James Cook. Mm-hmm. I know people are like really high on him. So he's obviously a lighter guy, more of a pass catcher. He's not going to be an every down back apparently like Dalvin. So it'll be interesting to see. It's a, he, that is he's, interesting. He's definitely more of a swing. Because like if you hit, it's like you're going to be golden. But if not, mm-hmm. it's a waste. So um Speaking of my waste, let's not waste any more time before we get to this break. Welcome back. I didn't know if you were going to say any of the last numbers when we were doing the countdown, but we are back talking um, not about any sort of, you know, soccer thing. We're talking about uh, talking about football with the rookie wide receiver drafts. So quickly, Nate, I just want, I know we talked about this briefly. Who's your favorite wide receiver rookie for redraft purposes? For redraft purposes. I think we've talked about this a little bit. A little bit. I had it narrowed down to about two and they were kind of some, not, not, not hot takes, but they were not the, I guess what (laughs) most people would say. Yeah. Um, so my number one was actually Traylon Burks um, for the Tennessee Titans um, with A.J. Brown moving on. I feel like there's a very good opportunity there for him to take a big step forward and uh, kind of get a pretty good portion of their of the target share over there. They do have Robert Woods coming in, who's also um, just a beast. I'm a big Robert Woods fan. I love Robert Woods so much. He's really good at getting open for his quarterback to throw him the ball, and then he so catches it on top of that. He's really good. Um, but I do think Traylon Burks is pretty solid. Not my favorite wide receiver um, by any means from the class overall in terms of talent or potential. But mm-hmm. I think for year one, the position he's in, I really like him. Um, and then I'll, I'm going to say my player number two, Player number two is Chris Olave for the Saints. Um, Interesting. 
So, you, so did, those did are my you, two. Did you mention, you didn't even mention my number one guy. My number one guy is Drake London, for sure. You're, yeah. Just bombarded with targets next year. Yeah. Ah, man. So um, that's going to be Marcus Mariota starting in Atlanta, right? Yeah. And Desmond Ritter got drafted in third, but he, he won't play this year unless Marcus gets hurt or he's just playing very bad. Yeah. Which is possible. <laughs> So are you just saying that you like Drake London the most for – is he your favorite receiver from the class? Do you think he's the overall best, or do you think this is – No. There's no one else to throw the ball to besides him and Kyle Pitts? I think for a redraft league, he has easily the highest ceiling and the highest floor. Mm. Well, Traylon Burks is close, but Robert Woods is there, so I think he'll slot in as the number two. Like everybody's like, oh, he's replacing A.J. Brown, which – yeah, they're the same archetype, but Robert Woods is there, and he's going to get, I think, a majority of the targets. Like, Robert Woods, is, you're going to go to Robert Woods for a first down on a third down pass, right? Like, that's yeah. where Drake London, it's like, okay, you could go to Kyle Pitts, but I think it's going to be either one of them. That That's tricky, yeah, because I think Drake London, Drake London's the wide receiver one in a much less dynamic and exciting offense. Yes. And Traylon Burks is going to be wide receiver two in a very mid offense that is much more reliant on its run game. Yes. And so the target share, there's not as much to go around, mm-hmm. um, but the, the quality of targets might be better, meaning like, I don't know, they may not just be like sitting back of a ton of people and just kind of playing the pass or right. maybe like you may actually be in the red zone for some of those so red zone targets may be more for Burks as opposed to London but yeah I also think for part of it it's uh the fact that I think the Falcons won't be very good so I think they'll have to throw it a lot more so just kind of I guess the way to yeah to do it but yeah we I mean we kind of talked about Drake London right now um I don't think he's going very high at all actually but actually probably look it up. Let me see. Where where would you start uh, tossing around the idea of drafting him in, in redraft? In redraft, it has to be like mm-hmm. the seventh or eighth round, probably. Really? Yeah, I mean he's would going... you be comfortable with him being your wide receiver too? No. What about flex? I probably wouldn't have him as my flex, but would you want him starting? No. Would you be okay? I, I, I I'm I'm personally on the, the train unless you're like Jamar Chase level good, which I don't know if any of these guys this year are, which is not does not mean they'll be bad players. Let me put that out there. Jamar Chase is just like a top ten receiver, like when he stepped in the league. Or like same with Justin Jefferson. But mm-hmm. I, I just there's so much unknown with rookie players. Um so it, it, it makes me avoid them, which is kind of can be my downfall where I should probably open up a little bit more because I know they have higher ceilings, but probably around seventh, eighth round, maybe sixth, depending on how it shakes out. Yeah, interesting. But um, what was I about to say? Oh, yeah. So moving on, the next receiver was taken was Garrett Wilson at 10 with the Jets. A lot of people are really liking this landing spot. I I don't for redraft purposes. I'm I'm really out on Garrett Wilson. Like I probably will not draft him anywhere. 
just because Corey Davis and Elijah Moore are already there. They're both good. They got CJ Uzama as tight end too, so or as their tight end. I just Nate, do you, am I crazy? Uh, no, I don't think so. Nothing okay. really wows me about Garrett Wilson. I know he's really good. Yeah. Um, he's an Ohio State guy, which is kind of funny because I picked another Ohio State guy as somebody that I really liked for this year. Yeah. But no, I think I think you're you're fair. That's a fair assessment with what's already there in Corey Davis and Elijah Moore. Um, yeah, I'm totally with you. Yeah, and nobody knows if like Zach Wilson's really good yet. So it's it's just interesting to see. Mm-hmm. But um, I guess next up on the list would be Chris Olave, who you mentioned earlier. Nate, I know you're a lot higher on him for redraft purposes. Just what, what do you? Why do you like him so much? Just let's just go with that. He would probably be, yeah. Man, for I was thinking about this for redraft, where I would start feeling comfortable taking a Chris Olave. I mean, I think I would start tossing around the idea in the like ten range, round ten, I think. Yeah. Um, just as he's kind of a, I don't know, he's kind of a speedster type, um, which doesn't always translate to the NFL. I mean, speed translates, but. Um, I think what's different about him is he's a great route runner. He's thrown some shifty ones on uh, some D-backs throughout his college career. Um, So I really like him there. I also really like him teaming up with Michael Thomas, who's kind of a little bit different profile, a little bit bigger, a little more across the middle of the field. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think with Jameis Winston as well, um, he's going to air it out. So I don't I really don't hate that whole setup for, for Chris Olave and the Saints there. That's three pretty prominent players in the offense and Olave, Thomas, and Kamara, which I guess we don't even really know what's gonna go on with Kamara mm-hmm. with his off the field stuff. But um I think for those reasons I'm I'm pretty optimistic that Olave will be be my w- rookie wide receiver too this year. No, that's fair. Uh I like him too. I just get a little scared because Michael Thomas is coming back. Uh, I feel like the Saints are more run first team. Not saying he'll be bad. I I agree though. If he's in there in the tenth round, I'm snatching him up because I think he'll be more of a target guy. Um, but next up, we already talked about him, so let's just kind of put the nail in the coffin on Traylon Burks. Is there anything we didn't mention about him? He got drafted pick eighteen, I think, from the. Eagles to the Titans. I've got really nothing else to say. I kind of okay. spoke spoke my piece. That's fair. That's fair. And we're going to – we'll do a quick, like, recap after we're done to just talk about Dynasty Outlook for each of them. Um, next is Jameson Williams for your league-winning Lions. What – where do you have James Will, Jameson Williams? I want two things – where would you feel comfortable starting to take him this year in a, I think dynasty league is much different. I think you can take him regardless of if he's playing all 17 games or not. Um, Yeah. But for a redraft um, potential to miss some games 
I think the idea is that he might be good to go by the start of the season. Felt like maybe even OTAs, but hundred percent. Right, they're gonna they're gonna definitely baby him. Because um, like we're on the side of caution. Yeah, like what are they playing for this year in the nicest way possible? The playoffs, man. <laughs> I guess so. He's more. Of a but okay, player. so where would you start considering Jameson Williams in your redraft, and? Where do you think is his ceiling for rookie wide receiver finish? Oh, his ceiling for rookie wide receiver is wide receiver one. Like that's now how likely is that to happen? Probably not very likely, but that's by far his ceiling. Um, his floor, though, unfortunately, is probably like wide receiver like eight, maybe even lower than that. Just because like if he's let's say he's not ready in time for training camp or something, or he's only like. He gets 100% about halfway through the season. Like, how much did he really do in that first half? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's where I'd probably lean towards in that regard. Dynasty outlook is different, obviously, which we're going to kind of save. But redraft, I feel like I'd probably start taking him around the same point as Olave. I feel like Olave is even safer than him, clearly. Mm-hmm. I think Olave is a lower floor, but not as high of a ceiling. Yeah, I guess, okay, I kind of blew over Dynasty, but now that I'm thinking about it, this may be a little bit more interesting, but what, how do you view Jameson Williams for Dynasty versus Drake London for Dynasty? And if you had, you know, pick 103 draft, what would you be doing? All, uh, let's say top running backs are off the board. Yeah. Um, you can have your pick of any wide receivers. Where are you going with that? Okay, yeah, good. We've already talked about the top guys. So, because in, in Dynasty, we'll just touch on Dynasty for these top guys recap. Because how it's been going is there's, you know, the top two running backs, and then there's the next six, five. Sorry, math's hard. Five wide receivers. <laughs> and it's been typically London, Wilson, or London, Burks, Wilson, Olave, and Williams. If I have the third pick, I'm probably going Drake London. Uh, I it okay. Honestly, it depends what kind of mode I'm in, right? Yeah. Because if I want to win this year, definitely taking London. I think the highest ceiling, if you ask me, is Jamison Williams. Just mm-hmm. long term, just he's a stud. If he wouldn't have been hurt, he would probably be like the first or second receiver off the board, and he was still the fourth one off being hurt. Mm-hmm. So I'd put him as the highest ceiling, lowest floor I would honestly put for Garrett Wilson. So yeah. okay. Um, but I'd probably stack him up right now. Let's just say in terms of dynasty outlook, I'd say London, Williams, Burks, Olave, Wilson is probably how I'd have them as of now. What okay. about yourself? I, I would be <laughs> that was a long pretty answer. close with that. The, I mean – that's the and that's for dynasty. Is that what you said? Yeah. I think I would maybe go Williams, London, Olave, and Wilson. But I couldn't. I can't think of okay. like much. It is a very stark difference between the strategy of London and Williams for redraft and London and Williams for dynasty. I think as and it could be for dynasty too. Like you said, with what kind of mode are you in? Right. I mean, if you're if you have a great team and this is a, a very good opportunity for you you to win a championship, I mean, the difference between you taking 
what you need from London versus what you need from Williams. I mean, that it's, it's very interesting to think about. Yes. What a rebuild where it's like, you know, I need one more season, like one more good rookie draft kind of make some good, like a big move next year. I mean, I think mm-hmm. Williams is an absolute home run. Maybe you take him three if you're that guy. Yeah. If first two running backs are off the board and the first two picks, I mean, and you're that person and somewhat not of a rebuild, but, you know, let's get ready for next year kind of thing. Let's maybe make the playoffs, but get ready for next year. I mean, I think with the ceiling for Williams, I'd feel comfortable taking him. And London, it's purely based on – his situation right now, he's going to be ready to go week one. He's in an offense that needs him to produce. It's it's a little bit different. And, um, yeah, I think if you're in a win now, you, you that's the option that you would want to go with because yeah. you're not going to be able to really stomach those weeks when maybe Williams isn't playing and kind of getting nursed back into health and taking baby steps to get back to form. No, you're totally right. One question I have for you, because we need to move on to the next kind of set of guys. What is there any of, let's just do this. Is there any of like the second tier of guys that you think should be drafted ahead of these five? That's more of like a yes or no question. So the second tier of guys Lynn's referring to is um, Christian Watson, Sky Moore, George Pickens, and Alec Pierce. Um, Mm -hmm. I, I really don't. I don't see really any mm-hmm. scenario where I'd be boring. Any, like, big, yeah, for dynasty is yeah. I I couldn't see it unless there was some major news leak about something. I think maybe the one thing could be Christian Watson and Sky Moore replacing Garrett Wilson. Maybe yeah. one of those two guys bumping Garrett Wilson off. Mm-hmm. Um, I think especially. Christian Watson, I mean, he's kind of going into Green Bay as wide receiver one to play with Aaron Rodgers for the next three, four years. So, I mean, I think the ceiling there for what that relationship could be is pretty promising. And if you just kind of go apples to oranges with him versus Garrett Wilson, who's going to be competing for targets as soon as he gets in the – I don't know. I think that's really the only – the only uh, scenario I could see where one of those guys get replaced. Yeah, I mean, what about some, you? If somebody wanted to say like more Watson above like Olave or Wilson, I would not be opposed to that. Just yeah. plainly, because with Dynasty, you have to take a look at their situation too, right? So you're either looking exactly. at like with Sky Moore, especially, you're looking at potentially Mahomes as the number one wide receiver for like what the next eight years, it, right, at least totally. four minimum. So uh, if he turns out right, so that's kind of a big if. And then with Christian Watson, it's the same thing except for Aaron Rodgers, but maybe more like four years. So you know, it kind of depends what you think, but that that's the attraction to me about both of those guys personally. Because yeah. I've been really big on. Sky more this year just because or when I say I've been big on him, just the idea of taking him in like a dynasty just because like if you hit with Sky more, he could be like potential even Christian Watson too because they're both in similar situations. If you take a flyer on one of those two 
and it hits, like it, they could be the best receiver from a fantasy perspective out of this draft. I mean, yeah, those two guys with what offenses they're going to be in, what systems, what quarterbacks they're playing with. Uh, I mean, they could be top 12 wide receivers for the next in, in, in redraft, like in total fantasy, yeah. they could be top eight to 12 receivers for the next four to six years, honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which so. is pretty insane. And it, it, I mean, you would definitely turn some heads if you've made that move, picking Sky Moore over like a Garrett Wilson or a Lave there. Right. I yeah. don't think anybody would, I don't think it's kind of harder when, you're in that seat. Yeah. You're on the clock, but no, cause especially no, I hear like, what you're saying, like, especially looking at like mock drafts for rookies, if you have anywhere from picks three to seven and you don't take the five guys we talked about earlier, you, it's kind of weird. Like everybody knows there's like that tier and then there's a tier below it. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I guess if you like one of them enough, try to trade back. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> That's interesting, though. I I honestly had kind of solidified those top, that top tier, Mm -hmm. those top five, I guess. But you could also look at it. Sorry, not to cut you off, but and not to get too deep in the weeds. But if you if you don't think you're going to compete, and you like the odds of like a Watson or more, or even like a Pierce, because all he has is really a, what's his name, Pittman. Pittman. All you have to do is. You know, if you can trade back and get like a future asset or a player, I do it. Why not? Yeah, just something yeah, to think that's about. That's a great point. But um, I, I think we'll talk. We've talked a lot about Sky Moore and Christian Watson. Let's talk about George Pickens. Can I bring, can I bring one thing up? Oh no, did no, we, go ahead, go ahead. When when did Jahan Dotson get taken? Oh, he got taken in the first round. Just nobody thinks he's any good. <laughs> okay, I was like, he, what he, do you do? Are we kind of writing him off? I am absolutely writing him off. He is non-existent in my head. Because, yeah. first of all, like, he wasn't that great in college. Everybody thinks they overdrafted him, right? Carson Wentz is the quarterback. Do you, are you excited for the commander's offense next year or the next two to three years? Well, no, but, I mean, like, is would Terry get re-signed? Well, like I guess that's year. true because I think Scary Terry is actually in a contract year. And you know what they say about contract years, Nate? They're undefeated. Oh, they they go off. Yeah, they're undefeated. So Yeah, they're undefeated. Yeah, Sorry. it's definitely something that – no, you're good. I don't know why I pointed for so long. But there, <laughs> it's definitely something to keep in mind. I mean, he's definitely a value in dynasty drafts right now. Like, there's no doubt. Because he's coming in, he's – the floor is he's the wide receiver three. So, with Curtis mm-hmm. Samuel and Terry McLaurin ahead of him. He oh, could, I forgot about Curtis Samuel. Yeah. So, I think that's why people are kind of down on him. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Is there anybody else you want to talk about before we talk about maybe, like, Pickens or Pierce? No, honestly. He was, like, the other – kind of big name guy from the first round. Okay, one I guy really I want to touch on for 10 seconds is David Bell yeah. for the Browns. He, people like had him as like an early second round pick, mid-second round pick, and he fell to the third round, went to the Cleveland Browns, and their wide receiver is not very good. I mean, Amari Cooper's good. They could easily cut him. I mean, they trade a fifth round pick for him, and then they have uh, what's the guy's name? Donovan's Peoples-Jones, right? 
that they could uh, that they have, I think, for a year. So just a name to keep in mind. Um, Nate, who do you like better between Pickens and Alex Pierce? I know who you're going to say, so just go for it. I'm going to say Alec Pierce. What a just because of this. <laughs> I was pretty big on Alec Pierce uh, for pre-draft stuff. I, I did kind of like him. Um, I was definitely – I wanted George Pickens as a Chiefs fan through that whole draft. Now I've kind of pumped the brakes on that whole thing and him as a prospect. Um, but I do like Alec Pierce a lot. I like the situation he's in a lot. It's really just Michael Pitt in there, and they're two totally different receiver types. Um, George Pickens is – he has the potential. I mean, he looks like a Julio Jones or like an A.J. Green. Like, the dude just looks like a stud. Looks like he's going to, you know, win every one-on-one matchup. But he's going to have to, you know, compete for targets with Deontay Johnson, who's a target fiend, and Chase Claypool, who's like a kind of a big play – Right. And, um, yeah, going into kind of a bit of a messy quarterback situation. Um, but I don't I don't like – I see it's a little bit different if you believe in Kenny Pickett. But um, I definitely like Alec Pierce for, for Dynasty Energy Draft. That's true. Um, I loved, as we talked about, I love George Pickens coming out of college. Obviously, the Chiefs didn't like him as much as I did, but that's okay. I like Sky Moore too, but I don't like his landing spot. Honestly, he's kind of the bottom of the nine guys we've talked about, minus Dawson, even though his talent is definitely not nine for me. It's just the situation is not great. So mm-hmm. that's kind of where I'm at with that, I guess. Yep. Did, did you have anything else to add with any of these I did guys? not. That was, that was a good discussion of the wide receiver group, I think. I think we'll definitely want to maybe take a deeper dive in the yeah. more like draft strategies and stuff. Get um, John's input on it, too. Obviously, closer yeah, to the draft season, we'll probably talk about rookies and where they're going for redraft. But we'll probably have a dynasty episode out, I think. That sounds mm-hmm. like fun. Uh, one thing... I want to touch on is everybody remember how everybody was super down on this draft like oh this draft's gonna not be good like all these guys we've talked about with maybe the exception of like george pickens and garrett wilson like i'm kind of excited about them like if i got them on my fantasy dynasty roster i'd be excited um oh yeah obviously for redraft it'd probably be a little smaller but dynasty man i i like it yeah I'm very excited. I mean, compared to the prospects, I feel like I was drafting last year in Dynasty for rookies. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like this class. I have like Elijah Moore and Rashad Bateman. Yeah, I have, I have Elijah Moore and Rashad Bateman on one of my rosters, and neither of which excite me to the slightest degree. I guess Rashad Bateman a little bit now. A little uh, bit, Hollywood but gone. Much. But I mean, it, yeah, all these guys do it for me way more than anybody from last year did. Yeah. Which. If, unless you were Jamar Chase. <laughs> oh, well. But moving on, we're going to briefly talk about two tight ends that went. Um, Terry McBride. Terry. Man, I need to go with that. Trey McBride <laughs> to the Cardinals. The reason I put him on here, first tight end off the board, obviously Zach Ertz. They just signed him to a contract extension. 
he probably won't play that out. Don't know why they re-signed him. I honestly think the GM of the Cardinals is terrible, but that's a different story. Uh, So, like, in two to three years, maybe he'll be, like, the guy. But, like, I mean, for Titans and – okay, let's be honest. Nobody's redrafting – drafting either one of these guys in redraft. So let's just put that aside. This is purely dynasty. So if you don't care, thanks for listening. But (laughs) for the next like five minutes, just entertain Nate and I. Because Trey McBride was regarded as like the best overall tight end coming out. He goes to Arizona, not a great landing spot. But I mean, for dynasty, Nate, if I told you, you know, in the second, late second round this year, you could have the Cardinals future tight end in two years would you like it or like it's okay if you say no so you said you said they have Zach Ertz for like another year well they re-signed him to contract here I can pull it up okay I know I couldn't quite hear you might have cut out oh sorry I just know that it's not it's not like they're committed to him a long time they just like right because you know what? Okay, so we signed a three-year, thirty-one point six million dollar contract with them. So he, it sounds like a lot, but honestly, you can get out of it after this year. In your mm-hmm. like, so in twenty twenty-four, after the next two seasons, he's owed only four million dollars. Easily mm-hmm. get out of that. Honestly, I'd be shocked if he's on the roster. So mm-hmm. it's just one of those situations. So like in twenty twenty-four. Like, would you stash him on your taxi squad for two years? Or do you think that's just a waste of a pick? Oh, man. Two years, that's kind of – I mean, there would be only a few teams that could really do that. And, and I think the – or excuse me, not wide receiver, the tight end position could be one that you do that on just because, mm-hmm. like, true, like, top-tier tight end talent is so rare that – and a lot of them too are kind of like late bloomers as well. Like a lot of tight yeah. ends kind of, they don't really pan out until, you know, their second or third year on their rookie contract. Like so, Travis Kelsey didn't even break out until right. his second year, I believe, because he got hurt his first year. Right. So um, if, if you can do that, like if you have the means to do that or have just like a wicked deep taxi squad that you can store players on, for uh, dynasty, I would absolutely do that. I just think if if you can find like truly, I think there's like five tight ends out there that I would really like to trade for. Like, would really like to pick mm-hmm. in top four rounds of redraft, whatever. If yeah. you can get one of those guys at the peak of their career in dynasty, like that could be a top commodity. Mm-hmm. And um, if this guy is truly regarded as one of the tight top tight ends from the class. Yeah, it's got some something that excites me a little bit. I think I might I would take a swing on him mid second round. There's definitely sure. some other names that Yes. So the other one is Jelani Woods. He went in the third round. And the only reason I'm talking about him is just because he seems to be the he has by far the highest ceiling. He's an athletic freak uh, in a good way. And he, what am I, what am I trying to say, Nate? Like, he's kind of like in Dynasty, if you draft him, you're just hoping he hits because he's probably a third round pick. And if you hit on him, you have potentially the next guy. And I don't, the, the Colts tight end is like the 
do they excite you at all? Because they definitely don't excite me. No, they don't. They do not excite me too much. Real, there aren't many pieces in the Colts' offense that excites me. Um, I think really Jonathan Taylor and Alec Pierce are about the only ones. Mm-hmm. But, but it's it's been a while since we really seen tight ends used to an effective degree in in Indianapolis. It was really like Dallas Clark back in the Peyton, Peyton Manning days. Dude, I know they haven't had a good bunch of talent at that position that's for sure or they haven't utilized it super well i guess is the right word right so yeah i would have to see what projections would be like if he's going to be like a third round pick in dynasty might be worth it Um, i feel like i wonder okay we're so both we're both relatively new dynasty players Mm -hmm. i wonder if people have had the strategy to like always draft a tight end. Like even if it's like the third round and just like hope one of them hits, right? Uh-huh. Cause like, for example, I drafted Pat Fryermuth last year, the Muth, and Muth. You know, like he's good, but is he elite? No. Could he be? Yeah. Yeah. He could still definitely be elite. But if I could take a swing on like a Jelani Woods in the third, just stash him on my taxi squad if he breaks out, cool. If he doesn't. Mm-hmm. Does anything really change? Probably not. So it's something right. I might start doing. And honestly, and like I feel like that's the one position where I'd feel okay kind of stockpiling because yeah. you would get trade value for it. Yeah. If a guy pans out to be a top ten tight end, that doesn't mean he's a great player, but like somebody's gonna want somebody in your league has to have a top ten tight end. Or exactly. else they're like missing out big time. And what's interesting too is like even if you like, let's say you take all these guys in the third round and you know, like you hit on two of them. Like if you have mm-hmm. two elite tight ends, like you could trade that for in dynasty, like a top running back sometimes in the cases. Yeah. But this is, that's very interesting. I kind of hate that we got to play dynasty football against each other now. Well, I also hate that we're promoting this actively right now. So maybe we should maybe we should just stop this conversation now. What do you think, Nate? <laughs> yeah, I think our meetings should be in private from now on. I think so. Well, um, I hope you guys enjoyed this. I definitely love going over the rookies every year. Um, again, it's going to be fun. I'm already excited for football seasons, and it's May. So I don't know what I'm going to yes, do sir. for the summer. <laughs> this episode's being recorded um we just got the nfl schedule uh like tonight so we yeah. haven't really gotten a chance to really dive into mm-hmm. um, we've got kind of a lot to look forward to we've got our divisional and conference round predictions to make um, dude we should do that one soon i'm pretty excited for that honestly. yeah yeah i like that but, um, I don't know. I but like yeah, this is definitely a fun episode. Yeah, for sure. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. Hope you have a good one and good luck with everything going on. Yep. Thanks, guys.